All right, good morning. Welcome once again. And uh, as we go along, you see I might have made a few changes to the scriptures we're using based on what's in the bulletin. But I warned you I was going to do that, so it's all right. Because I told you ahead of time that it might happen. I just added a little bit. Sometimes when you get studying, God just throws a little something else in there and you can't let it go. You got to put it in. We'll, we'll get to it all. We'll get to it all. Got to keep you on your toes anyway. And uh, so let's just go ahead and we'll start off with uh, Proverbs 4, 20 and 22. That one's in there. That one's in there. And this comes underneath the header, header of wisdom in, is life and health. My son, attend to my words, incline thy ear into sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes and keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life and those that find them and health to all their flesh. And that's the, the title of the, the day's message is healing. You know, we've been talking about for a number of months, better part of last year and the beginning of this year, how is it that we individually need to make changes and adjustments to our lives to better connect with God, to build that relationship for the purpose of having a better relationship with God. And also that selfish side, because we want to be able to have our prayers answered. We want to be able to have our needs met. We want to be able to access the kingdom of heaven. We want to be able to use that power that Jesus went up on a cross for and died so we can have, we're covered by his blood. We have to be able to do that. And one of the things that I see as a church congregation, as a person living in the world, is that we need healing. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to get into your word today, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to have what you have for us today. I just ask you to take myself out of the way, Father, and just let your message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So, healing. You know, it's uh, something that we, we all need in some form or fashion. We all have things that are troubling us in, in some way, shape, or form. And uh, I'd like to, to look at something else real quick because I've got this is one of these myths, this verses that we can use in a double form. And uh, as I was doing it, I have some things jumped out at me the second go around. So I want to want to look at look at that. And we're going to be in Matthew 10. And uh, in, in verse 1. And when he had called upon him, he gave his twelve disciples, he gave them powers against unclean spirits, to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and manner of disease. So, I want you to, to look at that. And, you know, when we look at the Word of God, he puts every word there with purpose. And sometimes one word makes all the difference. You know, uh, we could have stopped that verse. What if you just stopped with all manner of sickness? We see that as a, as a universal thing. And it would have made perfect sense. We could have flowed right into the next verse. Everything would have worked. But he went to the point of saying all manners of sickness and all manners of disease. 
So let's look at the, the difference between, between the two. A disease, and we have disease not because God created them, not because God wants us to, to be sick in any way. We have diseases because we live in a fallen world. Man allowed sin to come into this world, and we lost our perfection of this world, and we have these imperfections through sin that causes all different kinds of challenges for us. We had the curse come upon man. You know, we have these things of the, of the troubled ground. So everything has lost its perfection. We no longer have this, this perfect thing. And over generations, sin has done nothing but grew bigger. It's multiplied. It's infected more and more things. And on top of that, we have man, which helps the burden along. They're always trying to do things their way that they deem to be better than God's way, that's perfect in their own eyes and not in the eyes of God. And we're constantly trying to modify and change things. So we're trying to, to make different kinds of, of food. We're trying to inject hormones into our animals, into our plants to make them grow bigger and produce more and produce faster. And then we, you know, we have this, this earth curse system that we've talked about before, and that's one of our driving forces that really push our greed and our motivation to gather things up and just have an abundance of because we have this feeling that we're never going to have enough. We also base our standards as what constitutes quality of a person by what they have. So when we have people that's in, in charge, believe what you want, politicians are not here for our well-being. Their bottom line is the bottom line. How can it progress them further? You don't get into politics for a politician's salary. You get into politics for politicianal connections so you can make investments. You take and make the choices of what progresses forward so you can make investments, so you can build your empire. Don't take it personal. It's just a curse. People that are involved in big business are worried about the profits and often at the cost of humanity. So we don't look at what it's doing to people, it's what it does to the profits. It's all about the numbers. So we have things, we want food to last longer, we want it to produce more, so we have all these things that we, we do to ourselves that contributes to poor health, contributes to disease. We want convenience. We don't want to make it ourselves, so we want fast food. We want product that's going to last a long time so it doesn't waste, so it's readily available. And with that convenience, there's things that harm us as well. There's 
chemicals, and all of these different things that we use on a day-to-day basis that many times we don't realize are even a problem until years down the road because we haven't had the proper amount of time to study it and see how it's going to affect people on a long-term basis. You know, if you're ever watching TV and you're, you're seeing some of these commercials for a class action lawsuit, have you ever used this product? Have you ever had this procedure done? Or you might get something in the mail or an email that's talking about a class action lawsuit because you were a subscriber or you did something during this course of time. What does these things all have in common? That most of the time, it's not something that happened right now. If you'll look, it happened five years ago, ten years ago. It's all past tense because it took this amount of time for them to see what the true side effects are. I can only imagine what their commercials are going to look like in the next 10 years when we start to see different side effects of things that are being produced today. What kind of legislation is that going to create? What kind of problems are going to be? Because we simply do not know because not enough time has passed to study all these things. And I've gotten way off base there because we're talking about disease. Disease is something that we can, first of all, contract. It is a cold. It is the flu. It's something that's contained in a bacteria. It's contained in a virus. Or it's something that's inside of us that's went wrong. Um, like cancer. Cancer is not contagious, but it's something that formed in our bodies through the misreplication uh, of cells. They start mutating and changing and, and from the course of what they started to be. All of these things are from a sinful world. So these are things that, you know, we're kind of, kind of out of our hands. But God said... There's sickness and disease. So we have all these things. It's just the things that happen to our bodies, the things that are, are out there that we can get. But then there's, there's more to it. Sickness can cover a, a broad range of things because it's more than just our, our physical ailments. PTSD, anxiety, fear, phobias. These all can be considered a, a sickness. When we, our mind takes us to places where it was never intended to go. God does not want us to be anxious. The word says, let us be anxious for nothing. God does not want us to have fear. He says, fear not, for I am with you. God does not want us to be worried. He does not want us to have doubt. He does not want to have all these things but yet, we see an uprise of all of these different things. We have things like ADHD. We have autism. We have these different kinds of things that start in the mind that's neurological that you can't treat with physical 
things because it's not a physical thing. It's a, it's a thing done in the synapsis of the brain. It's, it's complex. And it's not something you can catch. It's something that's, that's there. So sickness. And then we get the, the third category of, of unclean spirits. To cast them out. Now I want to ask you something. Think about it as we go on today. Is that something that still takes place today? Many times when we look at the Word of God, we see that everything is, is past tense. We look at it in a past tense sort of way. So is this something that was there just for, for show? Is this something that, that went away with Jesus? Absolutely not. I've looked all through the Word and I cannot find anywhere where we don't have to be concerned with unclean spirits. Now, of course, we live in a modern society and we have to come up with a scientific explanation for everything that we deal with. And yet there's some things that simply cannot be explained by science. What is an unclean spirit? A demonic force? Whatever you want to call it, it's the influence of Satan. And Satan, my friends, is still just alive and well. And I, affect, I believe that he has more influence on us than ever before. Because we can look at the state of the world and it is not hard to find evidence of Satan. But the one thing it is getting harder to find is evidence of God. We are covering that up. We are suppressing it. We are tucking it away. So if we're not walking in the light, what? We're walking in darkness. And I see a whole lot of darkness and I see a whole lot more on the horizon. Because we are snuffing out the light. So we have all these things. We're here to talk about, about healing. God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be whole. He wants us to be an example for the world. And we need to be well to be able to do so. Matthew 10.8 Heal the sick, cleanse the leopards, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely Give. So, there's one controversy that people often have, as with many things with the Word of God. And that is the fact, does Jesus still heal? Does God still heal? Or with all that just for, for show. Was it just to draw people to Jesus? Was that just to draw the crowd? Now, first of all, God doesn't do shows. God doesn't do parlor tricks. God's not here for our entertainment. He is here to teach. He is here to love us. 
And he gave power to do all these things to his disciples. And then a little bit later, we get a bigger group. We get a bigger group, a much bigger group, and they get the same speech. And he sends them out. So were these just a select few? Did only these people have that power? And many people will say yes. That these were God's chosen. They were here. And the only reason they were able to do so because they were spreading the word of God. It was like a reward and a weapon to be able to use on the world because they were spreading the word. They needed this as a tool to spread the gospel. So if you've been with me for any length of time at all, one thing that I just love to say is if God done it for one, he does it for all. Because that's the kind of God he is. He is equal opportunity. God doesn't play favorites. As much as I'd like to think so, as much as I'd like to be one, God doesn't play favorites. Everyone has the same opportunity. We have the same tools. We have the same talent. We have the same access to these things as they did. We can do what they can do. And some people will tell you, well, wait, that ended with Jesus. It's done. It's over. There's no more miracles. And I say, bah humbug. Because there is evidence of it today. I've seen it firsthand. I have seen people healed. I have seen medical professionals say, I do not know how this happened. This does not make any sense. This kind of healing doesn't take place. It doesn't happen in this kind of time frame. And I have an answer for you because it's nothing to do with medical. It's nothing to do with science. It's nothing to do with doctoring. But it's everything to do with God. I got one of these phone calls the other day. I do not know how this happened. Well, I do because I was praying for you. Everybody was praying for you. And you got bigger and better things to do. It's a real good time. You lay the guilt trip on then. It's like, okay, God saved you for something. It's time for you to get involved, right? Just kidding. Just kidding. But it happens. And there's so many, there's, there's stories out there. We just have to go and look for it. But we want to push it off and we don't want to tell our story. I am happy to say when it's God. I am happy to give him his credit. But so many people are not. And this is not something we see on the mainstream. We don't see it on the news. We don't get the good news. We don't get the good stories because that's not what sells. That's not what people want. People want to hear about the death, destruction, and what drives the stories along as a whole. And Satan's got control. He don't want to see God on the evening news. But he wants to see the death. He wants to see the destruction. He wants to spread the fear. And that's what we get. That's why it's so important for us to tell the tales. To tell what, how God has worked in our lives. To share these stories of hope. Of miracles. They say that, well, they were spreading the gospel. That was part of their mission. What is our purpose here? To spread the gospel. So if we're supposed to spread the gospel, if we're supposed to be 
doing the exact same thing that they were doing. I'm breaking it down for you. We're throwing some logic to it here. I'm trying to defeat all of your arguments because I want you to believe. Because if we don't get our minds right, then this ain't going to work. If we don't get our minds right, if we don't penetrate our hearts, if we don't put our faith forward, this is not going to work. It all starts with us. So we've got to get our minds right. We've got to throw away all these questions of doubt. So if we're doing the same, same stuff, then we have the same weapons. We have the same stuff to work with. God's not going to send us out empty-handed. We've got the same stuff. So, did it end after, after Jesus? Absolutely not. We see that Paul and Peter, they were performing miracles after Jesus ascended. They wasn't using some reserved power. They wasn't using some after the fact. They were using their God-given abilities just like all of us have. And you know, it's not so much that it was anything special about them. You know, we've seen the, the story of the, the woman with the issue of blood. You know, a uh, quick recap. She goes and she's had all these doctor visits and everything and the doctors can't heal her. And she keeps bleeding and bleeding and bleeding. But she thinks if she can just touch the hem of, of Jesus' cloak that she could be healed. And of course, when she puts herself at risk, she fights through the crowd, gets on there and boom. Jesus says, I have felt power go from me because she believed so much. She had faith in him. And we do the same thing with people. We find that we feel that some people are closer to God. And we want to gravitate to them in a, a time of need. We want them to pray for us because we feel like they have a, a better connection. So we, we go to the preacher, we go to the elders, we go to these, these people that we think have a special bond with God. Some of us, our relationship might be a little stronger because of what we put into it, but we all have the same ability. We all have the same ability. We can all do these things. And that's what was happening with, with Peter and, and John and them. They were seen because they were seen with Jesus. They were seen doing these things. So they were, were raised up. Not because God gave them anything more than he gave anyone else. It's just because people had a, a stronger connection. They had that mental sense that they could do more. It charged their faith. They had faith in these people. And it was the same power. And I got one more thing to throw to that because we've got a whole preponderance of, of evidence today. We're going to go beyond reasonable doubt. Let's go to Mark 9, 38 and 39. And John answered him saying, Master, 
We saw one cast out devils in thy name, and and he followed us not. And we forbade him, for he not follow us. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. So I want to paint a picture here. So we have the, the Jesus squad, the followers of Jesus, the ones that were anointed to go out and to spread the word, that were given the power to cast out these devils to be able to heal and do all these things. But yet, here is someone else that's not part of the tribe. They're not part of the group. They haven't been following around. But yet, they are doing the same thing. In the name of Jesus, they are casting out devils. And I don't know if there's any truth to this or not. This is kind of just an opinion that I have formed. And just from, you know, there was this one time when the disciples were trying to pull them demons out of that one boy and it didn't work. And they had to go get Jesus because they just wasn't strong enough to do it. And I've always pictured in my mind that that demon started to manifest. and It was pretty scary. And they just kind of backed off from it. I always imagined that casting out devils was a lot more challenging than some of the other aspects, you know, like like healing the sick. Because we don't have that scary aspect of it. We don't have to look at that ugly thing. We don't have to, to deal with a force that's against us. We don't have to deal with a force that doesn't want to come out. You know, we're not really battling anything. We're just, you know, we're on the, we're just healing someone. But that's, that's my opinion. You can take with it what you want. I might sound ridiculous right now, but. So here's this, this, this fellow, and they're, they're casting out devils in the name of Jesus. So what does that tell me? They wasn't part of the troop. They didn't get the pep talk. They didn't get the pep talk. But they were definitely part of the program. They definitely caught the big picture because they were able to do it. But... So you're saying that they didn't stand there and get some magic Jesus dust to be able to do this? One commentary said that maybe they were hiding in the bushes during this time and something just kind of accidentally got transferred to them. I don't think so because God doesn't make accidents. God doesn't slip up and accidentally anoint someone. It's all or nothing. There's no randomness to it. When God uses someone that's not supposed to be used, he makes a point of it because there's a lesson in it. And if this was some sort of a a thing, situation like that, God would have told us. So I have to go with what God is telling us. What it says here in black, white, and red. I got a red letter Bible. So black, white, and red. God is telling us that people that were not part of the core group was able to do the same thing. So that means that me... And you and everyone else 
We're just like this fella here that's casting out devils in the name of Jesus because we have received from God. We are covered in the blood of Jesus. So we receive everything that that gives us. Jesus said that you will do greater things than I. He wasn't just talking to his group there. He's talking to all of us. So how can we do greater things than these if we do not possess that power? Is it clear that we have the power to heal? Is it clear that God still heals? It should be. We're going to turn to the back of the book and I'm going to give you the answers just like we did in ninth grade math class. God does still heal. We have the power to heal. So what we have to do is we have to troubleshoot what our situation is. Why are we not getting the results that we need when it comes to to healing? And see, healing can be very complicated. Because, you know, I've heard many times that God's ways are not our ways and we do not see things the way he sees things and he's got the whole big picture mapped out and he's got our plans and there's just all these different reasons why we can't comprehend what God does. We can only see it the way we want to see it and we're impatient. You know, we expect that we have an ailment And we're going to pray about it. And the next morning we're going to wake up and we're going to be fine. And that does happen on occasion. There's a a preacher that I follow that his teachings I, I enjoy. I think that they're very on point. I don't feel like I'm trying to get sold a book at the end. He just wants to, to teach the word of God that... Uh, he does other things. You know, this is his ministry is a part of his life, not his entire life. There's other things where he perceives income and, and things like that. So, um, which has all been a blessing from God in just different ways, and he's real relatable as a as just as a as a common common man. And uh, he had a daughter that was suffering from a, an ailment and had like a, a tumor and went through the whole the process and they were laid on hands and anointed with oil and they prayed and believed and it was pretty much that. Within just a couple days, it started reversing itself and there was a physical difference in just a, a few days. So yeah, these kind of things do happen. I've heard of a of a story where a little girl she she lost the tip of her finger and she was real concerned about it. It was an accident and and she kept telling the doctor that it was it was gonna grow back, it was fine, that God was gonna take care of it, and you could just see that she had a real 
passion for the Lord. And the doctor, of course, you know, well, that's not going to work. That don't happen. And, of course, you know, they have to, to fix it up and bandage it up. And you see what's underneath the bandage. And lo and behold, that during the six weeks process or whatever, when she had to come back for a recheck, that it was pretty much the way they started before her injury. I can't explain it in medical terms. The doctor can't explain it in medical terms. I'm, of course, they're going to go down and try. But we all know what it is. And I believe that God gives us these little bits of, of inspiration. He has to just remind us of his power. And of course, there's many times that we want to be skeptical because there's so many people that are trying to take advantage of us. And we've all seen the, the uh, evangelists. They're going to line people up and they're going to be screaming and hollering and they're going to come up on the stage and they're going to thump them in the forehead and they're going to fall down to the ground and everything's going to be hunky-dory as soon as they stand up. And all you have to do is just send your $600 check to this address and it's going to take care of all your problems. And we've, we've seen a lot of that. And that kind of stuff has really put a damper on our faith and our church system because so many people want to take advantage of these kind of things. And we see these fakes and these phonies and these frauds do these kind of things and it, it shakes our faith, our, our core faith. And these true stories that's happened that people tell where there's nothing, nothing to gain. This little girl I was telling you about, they're a normal family. Mom's a stay-at-home mom. Dad works in construction. Nothing to gain from it. They had their little tale, and it was the only reason I know about it because I happened to follow this little church group. It's not in the mainstream. It wasn't on the media. It wasn't on social media. It was just isolated. And so many times, that's just what it is. It's isolated. And we have, we have our, our, our stories that we tell. My own daughter, she had a heart condition from birth. And all kind of tests and everything was done. And they wanted to do surgery and, and all these kind of things. And as a, a father, not only that, but as a new father... For the first time with this little baby that you don't know what you're doing with, having to make life-changing decisions. Well, if you do this, there's all these complications that can go wrong. But if you don't do this, there's all these kind of complications that go wrong. And it's, it's a lot. And my prayer was that, God, I don't want to make this decision. I want it taken care of. And I don't care how you take care of it, but I don't want to have to make this decision. I want to place it in your hands. And God, he did something great for me. Not only did he take this decision from me, he healed her. She went back for a checkup before we had to do any things, and it was closed. And the doctor said that this doesn't happen, that this kind of heart defect doesn't fix itself, that... This kind of area doesn't grow back. It's that, not that kind of material. But yet it closed up 80%. He said, 
not only is she not, not only can, uh, you don't have to have surgery, she's not even a candidate for it. You couldn't have it even if you wanted it. It's not possible. There's just, just no way it's, she's in too good a shape. That's personal. That is my testimony of what God can do. And he heals in different ways. I've had to have a few surgeries in my life. And the first go around, not a real big fan. Didn't want to do it. And I was like... Lord, you know, we want you to go ahead and, and take care of this situation. And, of course, you know, I'm reading all this stuff, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to use these things, and I'm, I'm laying hands on myself, and we're trying to do all these things on there, and it just isn't working. So I find myself in the surgical situation. But yet, here I am, and I'm talking to you about it, and... I'm alive and well, and that problem is no longer a problem anymore. So am I healed from that? Yeah, I'm healed. God seed me through it. Was it uncomfortable? Very much so. Was it painful? Very much so. Did I like it? Very much not. But God seed me through my faith is stronger because of it. Not because he did it my way, because he's seen me through. And many times I've been able to relate to someone going through a similar situation because I've been there myself. It was some um, very intense education, I would say. But sometimes that's what we have to do because God has the, the big picture. And he knows what we're going to be able to use. How can, we, how can we relate? And he will do what's best for us as a whole and what's best for the kingdom of heaven. Is it worth it for us to have a little bit of suffering? You know, we talked about suffering. See how these pieces all come together? Talk about suffering. And then we're able to use it. If we can help someone else, is it worth a little bit of suffering? If it increases our faith, is it worth a little bit of suffering? And oftentimes we wonder why it seems like lives are, are cut short. Why things happen. We don't know what that future looks like. But we do know that if they are a born-again believer, we know where their eternity lies. And to me, death doesn't seem all that scary when we know that we are going to be with Jesus. We're going to look more into, into healing. There's, there's so much to it. There's so many verses. God talks about it. God wants us to be Healthy. He wants us to be healed. He wants us to be whole. And there's so many ways that we hold ourselves back and we mess it up. Our attitude has so much to do with it. And we sabotage ourselves before 
we even get started good. We have a, a wrong way of thinking. We just take all this stuff that we've been learning and God's been giving to us and we don't apply it. The Word talks about hearing the Word of God. Many of us listen to the Word of God. We come to Sunday. We, uh, we listen at church. We listen to the podcast. But do we hear what God's saying? Do we hear it? Because there's a difference. Just like we talk about sickness and disease, there is hearing and listening. It's real easy to listen. The words go in, but do they stick? Do we process them? Are we mulling over them? Are we engaged? You know, this is what this should be. Whether you're listening on a Sunday, where you're listening on a Tuesday afternoon, wherever, whatever it is, whenever you're hearing the Word, where you're studying for yourself, that should be an appetizer. That should whet your taste buds to want to have more and to dive in and to get more and to do more and to learn more and to just to stimulate you. This is the match. And it's throwing down. we got to keep pouring fuel on that fire. And that's something we have to do for ourselves individually. We have to just consume as much of the Word as possible. And we can have all of these things that God has provided for us.